Hello and welcome to the Caffeinated Creators Podcast, a podcast that gives you a glimpse into the lives of rising video and TV creators. I'm your content host, Jake Zibley, drinking a cup of coffee and a cramped sound booth in the Klein College of Media and Communication at Temple University with today's guest. Before I let him speak, let me give you a rundown of who our guest is. Our guest is a junior media studies and production major at Temple University. He is an aspiring live television director who is currently directing a variety of shows that air on Temple University television. On top of directing, he works as a studio worker within the three television studios at the Klein College of Media and Communication, providing assistance to professors and students with equipment. He also works as a director and technical director at the Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church. His name is debatably the most interesting you will ever hear. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Quadri Fletcher. Hello. Thank you for having me here. This has been like a lifelong dream of mine for the past three weeks. <laughs> for the three weeks that it's existed. Yes. <laughs> lifelong dream. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I was tired and I didn't want to wake up, but now that I'm awake and I've got some coffee, I'm feeling good. Uh, what else are you doing today? Today's a study day at Temple University. Um, what do you? What's your plan for today? I will be writing various essays and... Oh my gosh, I have to make a to-do list. I don't know. I'm just up to my, like, everywhere in work, so it's it's that time of the semester. So I'm not going to leave the people hanging with the most debatably, the debatably the most interesting name you'll ever hear. Um, so spell out your name. My name is spelled Q-A-D-R-E-E, no U, but it is pronounced Quadri, which indicates that to a lot of people that there should be a U there, and this has been a constant problem for me for almost 21 years because people just cannot spell or pronounce it correctly. And I, I don't know. It's been, it's having substitute teachers is hell. How did your parents come up with the name? My parents came up with the name. My dad's name is William and I was going to be named after him, but he didn't want me to be a junior. He was just like, I, that's not original. There is already someone with that name. So I think they went through some book and found the name Quadri somewhere. I have no idea where this book is, but they found it, and uh, they named me. And it really, it took me a long time to start liking my name, but now I really like it, and uh, I don't know, I'm proud of it, even though I didn't really do anything to... Yeah, I came up with it myself. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you from? Where'd you go to high school? I'm from Lansdale, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb... Uh, maybe 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia, and I attended North Penn High School. Uh, it's a really large high school, about three, more than 3,000 students, and there were 963 students in my graduating class, and we were one of the smaller ones. That's insane. It's pretty crazy. So um, within high school, I know North Penn, because um, you know there's a couple North Penn people here within... Mm -hmm. TV. Um, kind of talk about the TV program. Like, I don't even need to ask if you did it because I know that you did. So North Penn Television, or North Penn High School has a really great TV program. Um, it's run by two people, Bob Gilmer and Mary Fakish, who are these awesome uh, people who went to school for broadcasting and worked in the industry and then came back to, uh, to work there. Um, and I... So when I first got to the high school, I took a class called Broadcasting and Video Production. I took that for two years. There were two years of the, the class. And then I also joined the students, the club, North Penn Television, where we covered sports and concerts and uh, 
We produce a morning show called Mornings that's won a lot of high school Emmys. Um, and I produced that show during my senior year, which was great. I got to direct a lot of the sporting events, which really helped prepare me for, well, first of all, wanting to become a director, but also helped me to prepare for directing shows here and knowing what I was doing and knowing the equipment. Um, it was almost, the control room there is very similar to what we have here. It was a very similar switcher, very similar playback system, so. Did you guys have tapes until last year? <laughs> we had a server in high school. So when I got here and I saw that we, first of all, when I was touring this place and um, Spencer, who's a guy who graduated, but he gave the tour and he was like, oh, like this is our control room. And I looked at the tapes and I was like, there are tapes here in front of me. And he was like, yeah, we're, we're switching to a, a server soon, which is the line that everybody gives. Yeah. And then That's it been happened. a line since the tapes existed. <laughs> exactly. And then it happened, like, after Spencer, uh, Spencer graduated, so. He was the roadblock. He was. <laughs> it was his fault. So when you started looking for colleges, uh, what made you choose Temple? Um, I, so I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and I just always heard about Temple, that the logo, that Temple T is so iconic. And I, for a long time, I was just like, Temple, that's the only college that exists. I don't know any other one. I'm going there. It was like my Harvard. And um, when I applied for colleges, I was the worst uh, college applicant on the planet. I applied to one college. It was Temple. And it was because, not to sound cocky, but I knew I could get it. I knew I could get in and be accepted. And it was where I wanted to go. Um, so I did it and it worked out. When you got to Temple, um, what was the first activity that you did? When I got to Temple, the first thing I did was I joined Update Now, which is a 90-second daily news brief. You're very familiar with it. Um, but uh, I joined that. I started going every day, and I met a lot of cool people, uh, people I became very close friends with. And then I auditioned for... Uh, to be a producer slash director of that show. And I didn't get it my first time, but the second semester I kept coming in and I was dedicated. And uh, I auditioned the second time and I got the producer position along with um, Andrew, my friend and roommate who also attended North Penn High School. So we're really inseparable at this point. And uh, it was a great experience. Um, so that was the first thing I did. So correct me if I'm wrong, you're a first-generation college student. I am. It's very, um, I don't know, it's kind of odd because when I was applying, like I said I was the worst college applicant, and that kind of happened because nobody else in my family really knew about applying to colleges, so I was sort of figuring everything out by trial and error. Um, and so I had, like, turned in my stuff, like, the last week it was due, and I was just awful. But I also had a terrible guidance counselor. Uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just hard not having people to... They can't really identify with what I'm saying. And obviously, they're very supportive and they're very proud of me. But uh, I don't know. It's it's fine. You know, they're cool people. So coming back to um, college, when you, know, you said you did Update Now, um, what are some of the acti other activities that you got involved with outside of Update and Update Now? Um, so I, my first semester I did Temple Talk and, um, I thought that would be more up my alley. I was also doing Temple Update and like Update Now at the time, but 
I really started thinking that I wanted to get into entertainment television and that I wanted to direct a talk show, which is still what I want to do. Um, so I did that, and that kind of... I was not really feeling it too much, so I stopped doing that. Um, and recently I've gotten involved with uh, Temple Smash, uh, doing camera work for them, and I started directing a show... Um, my, the second semester of my freshman year called We Make the Call, which is a weekly sports talk show. And I'm not a big sports fan, but um, George Cummings, who is the assistant general manager at TUTV, uh, I took his class, and it's a class called Temple Athletics, and he always talks about, like, sports is just what you're covering. We're doing television. The subject matter doesn't matter. And he sort of instilled that uh, that message into me. And so... I don't know. It doesn't matter what I'm really directing. I love directing We Make the Call. I think it's a great show. And um, I'm also directing a an all-female talk show that's going to air on TUTV. Uh, it's called um, We Need to Talk. I'm directing a lot of We shows. <laughs> um, I also direct uh, La Ultima, which is Temple Updates, 15-minute Spanish-language newscast. And that's been a blast this semester. Uh, Monica Lagrano, or Lagrano, who is... Um, a past guest on the show produces that show and she's one of my close friends and she asked me to do it this semester and I of course said yes and I love the challenge because I'm not a Spanish a Spanish speaker yeah I was curious about how like you're able to direct their you know they're anchoring in Spanish mm -hmm. so how how does that work does she stand next to you as the producer and she's kind of guiding you like explain to me how that works so she stands next to me as the producer just like temple update or any newscast but um she really doesn't have to give me too much guidance there are certain points where i'm like i'm gonna need your help with this because i literally my cues are what the anchors are saying and i'm not understanding but for some things it's just as easy as marking up my script and just listening intently uh which is something i would have to do for any show in any language so I got used to it pretty quickly, and I just, I love it. I think it's such a great show, and it's such a great opportunity for uh, representation. And so I'm very proud of the work we've been able to do this semester. And right. we also have the uh, We Need to Talk next semester. And I'm really excited about that because uh, I've been, so <laughs> I've been watching The View since I was a child because I grew up watching anything on TV. I love TV so much, uh, which is why I'm here today. And so just to be able to direct a show like that and sort of hone in on those skills that I hope to, to use in real life one day, directing a talk show or directing some entertainment program, getting that opportunity here is, is so great and I cannot wait. I've been in discussions with the producers and I have some ideas for the show, so I'm just really excited about it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and you also took um, George's other class the uh, television production workshop when yes. you directed the live sports. How is directing like a live sports game, like the volleyball games, how is that different from doing like We Make the Call? Oh, um, and which do you prefer? Do you prefer like the in-studio environment or do you prefer like the live sports? I love it all. I'm crazy. I just okay. love the live TV and Bob Gilmer, who um, I mentioned him before, he uh, was the head of North Penn Television. He used to say this thing about live TV all the time. He was just like, there's nothing like live TV. And I would just look at him and I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? What does it matter if it's live or live to tape or what? who cares? But I, um, live TV and like directing a live broadcast, which I get to do at uh, Enon, 
um, and like live to tapes. I love it. It's such a a great fast paced environment, and and there are things I like about being in studio. Um, but I think just the the spontaneity of a live sports broadcast and just like, you know, if something's happening, you know, give me a shot at the coach, give me a sh- an audience shot, give me blah, blah, blah. And it just, you know, hitting those shots on, and the timing and the replay, everything about that, it's so satisfying. Just because you only have the one shot. To you get just it. have that one shot to get it. And when you get it right, you just it's like a just a dopamine rush. <laughs> so pulling back to, to high school and even further back, um, what got you originally interested in the broadcasting? Why did you start taking like the classes in high school? Um, so when I was in ninth grade, North Penn School District is weird. The elementary schools are K through six, middle is seven to nine, and the high school is ten to twelve. Um, I was in ninth grade and I was about to register for tenth grade classes at the high school. And I wanted to do the school newspaper because for the longest time I thought I wanted to be a writer and I still love writing. Uh, but I really thought I wanted to be like a journalist and write uh, for print. And I went to register for the class and it was full. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is terrible. Like, what am I going to do now? And I saw in the same like school media section, there was a class called uh, Broadcasting and Video Production. And I was like, all right, well, I guess this is fine. And so I signed up for that and I took that class and I fell in love with it immediately. And as soon as we walked into the control room and started touring it. And he was like, uh, this is the switcher. That's where, you know, the technical director sits. This is the audio mixer, the graphics machine, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, mind blown at all of this equipment. And I wanted to learn every position. And I was just, um, I became so enamored with production and the process of, of a show existing in your mind and then becoming a fully realized thing that, you know, theoretically millions of people could watch or however many people. So I just loved that idea. And like I said, I had always been a fan of television. I was like eight years old watching TV land and researching, you know, every thing about every sitcom and learning every piece of trivia about television and the history of television so it was just ingrained in me <laughs> now. So what keeps you doing broadcasting today? Is it that dopamine rush that you were talking about earlier? I, it's that coupled with just the the intrinsic love for television I had. My parents told me, um, and I don't remember this because I was so young, but when I was a baby and they would be trying to, to like put me to sleep... Um, not like euthanize me, but like <laughs> when they would try to get me to fall asleep, they would have to put the TV on a blank, like static TV channel and I would fall asleep. And it was like, obviously it's the white noise thing. But I was just like, that story's so funny because I still like fall asleep with the TV on and it's such a relaxing thing to me. Um, so I think it's just the love of TV and knowing how the medium has changed and how it's been so influential and it was so influential going, uh, you know, throughout the 20th century, going into the 21st century. And I just love um, the storytelling of television. There's nothing like it. Film, music, what, you know, literature, that, those are great. But television is just, there's something about it. So let's talk about, um, you had mentioned it a little bit earlier, the um, 
Enon Tabernacle Church. Mm-hmm. You're a director and technical director there. Yes. Um, so how did you come across that? Um, so my great-grandmother, um, who passed away in September, uh, she was my biggest champion, and she I, I love her so much. But she um, was always trying to figure out a way. She was very religious, and she was always trying to figure out a way to get me to go to church and, like, be interested in it. And we started going to that church, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I really don't want to go and sit through this. But she, um, so she was like, what are you interested in? And I was like, TV production, just throwing whatever out. And she called the church and she was like, hey, I want to get in touch with your audio visual department. I, you know, I have this kid here who does TV stuff for a school. You know, how can I get him involved in something at the church? And they called her back. We set up a meeting. I went to the control room and I think I was, this was 2014 at this point. I was in 11th grade. So I walk in and I look in this room. It's a like a full production uh, control room with a switcher and um, camera controls because we use robotic cameras and graphics and all of that. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And uh, Susan, uh, one of the people who ran the room, was like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a director at 15 when I walked in this room. And she was like, um, OK, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Just like, that's cute. And then I think a little over a year later, I was directing the broadcasts and I were I learned every position in the room once again. And I, you know, paid my dues and did the work. And um, I finally got to sit in that chair and I've been doing it for a couple of years now. And I just I love it. I think it's so it's such a great experience. And once again, the live production aspect of it. And you never know what's going to happen. Obviously, we have like a, a an order of the services and there are things that are supposed to happen, but you never know what's going to happen during a live broadcast or, you know, what story is going to be told or what audience reaction reaction shots you can get or who, you know, what a musical performance is going to be. So it's just, it's awesome. So is the broadcast actually broadcast live online for people to watch from home or yes. is it for like, just like within the church? So it's both. We have um, in-house monitor. It's a huge like church. The building is huge. So we have um, how many people? Oh like my gosh, per how many members? Like average average service size. Uh, maybe like fifteen hundred. Wow, it's huge. Um, so, uh, we have monitors like all over the sanctuary and stuff just for people in there to be able to see things close up. But uh, we also stream it online, and it's it's so awesome to to have a thing that. And if no one was watching, I would still love doing it. And I would still, but thousands of people watch each week, and that's so cool to have your work seen by thousands of people. And I'm the most critical person, so I will go back and watch and be like, "Why didn't I take this shot earlier? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that?" But it's as much anxiety as, or you know, as anxious as it can be in the moment. I, I like feed on that anxiety <laughs> in that moment um, because. I'm the one who's in control and I get to decide and I'm doing this and it's just, it's great. I love it. So kind of going off that anxiety thing, I, this is, I guess that's kind of an answer to the question I'm going to ask, but it's whether it be you're about to direct a uh, Ultimo or you're about to do uh, a church service, mm-hmm. you have one minute until air. What are you doing? What are you thinking? So... It's different for every show. For We Make the Call, one minute to air, I, like, for all of these things, we have, like, general rundowns. 
um, and I know what they're going to talk about and what's going to happen for the most part. But one minute, one minute before we make the call, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, we're about to start. That's great. And I know I basically know what's going to happen and how it's going to go. Um, one minute before church, it's kind of the same thing. Obviously, there might be some spontaneity or somebody might throw you off or whatever, but I'm pretty prepared. Um, a minute before La Ultimo, I'm a wreck because I <laughs> have all of those videos to roll and I have to remember the graphic elements and the, you know, just everything about it. And I'm still, I, you know, I don't let it really show, but I'm just like, okay, like, you're in the show, let's get it together, pull it together, have a great show. So it's different for everything, but I, no matter how I'm feeling, I just have to... You know, when I'm counting down from 10 or whatever I'm counting down from and we're on, we're on and I just have to be in it. So what are some of your aspirations for the future? I mean, I know you obviously want to be a director, um, but where, what's the dream job, dream location, dream company? I, I always say that my dream job is literally just to direct the view. Uh, however, you know, they have a director and she's very talented. So, um... <laughs> I would love to direct an entertainment talk show uh, or a news program. I love live television. I wouldn't. I would also be. Um, I would also. I wouldn't be opposed to directing a, like a single camera show or maybe some type of sitcom in the future. Um, and I just love storytelling. I still love writing. I'm writing a. I started writing a pilot for uh, my writing workshop class, and I'm continuing to write it. And uh, I do a lot of social media stuff for Temple Update, and I love that. Uh, doing like the short form storytelling, um, or like sh love editing like short videos, or just whatever I can do to to be active. So, um, but obviously my main goal is to be a director. That's like the big goal. I would love to live in New York and work at like 30 Rockefeller Plaza, as everybody does. Um, but yeah. So what do you have to say to people? We're addressing the audience. Um, I've started calling them the caffeinators. The caffeinators. <laughs> so if you, this is your time, your time to address the caffeinators with whatever you have to say. What I have to say is, uh, and this can be applicable to your career or to whatever choices you make in life, is, you know, there are people who are around you who love and support you. And you love and support them, and that's great. But I think a lot of people tend to get caught up living their lives for other people. And I think at the end of the day, you have to live your life for yourself, and you have to be proud of the choices you make and have to be happy with whatever career you choose. And I think people need to remember that more. And, like, sometimes it's okay to be a little selfish, or it's okay to, like, choose something that's in your best interest. Being selfish isn't, like, an intrinsically bad thing. It's bad when it's at the expense of other people. But I think if you're making a choice for yourself and you think it's the best thing for you and your life and for your happiness, then go for it. Because, I mean, you know, regardless of what your, like, religious beliefs are, this earth, like, this experience is something that happens pretty much once this way. And so you have to get it right and be happy and try as hard as you can to to live a fulfilling life. That's a good address. Caffeinators, submit your response on social media. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but that was, it was great words. Yeah. How many cups of coffee do you think you've had in your life? 
I I didn't become a big coffee drinker until college, uh, you know, which is not surprising. But oh my gosh, we can crunch the numbers if you want to. We're, that's usually I like to get specifics. So, um, oops. I'm trying to think. Maybe like two, three hundred cups. So how many do you have per week? <sighs> hmm. Oh my gosh. Let's say like four. Okay. This is about to prove that I can't do math. <laughs> it's okay. So two hundred and eight for a year, and you've okay. been in college for three years. Yes. Oh goodness. That's not bad. 624. That is not bad. Honestly, it's not as... Well, yeah. Do you have any other caffeine vices? I mean, uh, I was talking with Bree. She doesn't necessarily drink coffee, but Mm -hmm. she drinks Red Bull. She loves Red Bull. (laughs) I... Or is, like, coffee your usual go-to? I like coffee. I drink Red Bull occasionally. Um, Caffeinated tea. I know a lot of tea, like, doesn't have caffeine in it, but some of it does. And I love tea. Uh, I think I love tea more than coffee, but um, I used to drink, oh my God, Monster, which is like the worst thing in the world for you, unless they want to sponsor this podcast, then we love Monster. (laughs) Um, But Monster, (laughs) oh my God, I can't believe I drank that. Yeah. So you're about to pull an all-nighter at the tech, you have to crank out a paper, you have to do a video edit, what are you drinking? I'm going down to the coffee shop and I'm getting a caramel macchiato with an extra shot of espresso. Nice choice. Yes. Do you have anything else to say to these to the caffeinators? Um drink your caffeinated beverages and and you know, live your life for yourself and have a nice day. Have a nice day. Well that's it for our show today, ladies and gentlemen. You can look up Quadri on LinkedIn and follow him on his Instagram at QKFMAN. Follow Caffeinated Creators on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CAF Creators. And follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Jake Zebley. Signing off saying, stay motivated. This is Jake Zebley for Caffeinated Creators. <laughs>